What's up, guys? Welcome back to A Shot of Business Central and a Beer, the podcast that is all about Microsoft's most popular ERP software, Business Central. Uh, today's episode is our Thanksgiving special. So after we talk about the latest Business Central news, chat with Ryan McBee from iSolutions, and take a look at onboarding help in Business Central, we're going to tell you some of the things that we're uh, thankful for. So as always, I'm joined by Mr. Ken Sebahar. Ken, how's it going? How are you? Doing very well. Uh, excited about uh, talking about uh, the iSolutions product today. Uh, credit card. I call it, uh, it's it's credit card management inside Business Central plus. Plus. Right? It's got so you got to stay tuned plus. to see what is the plus. <laughs> um, and, and also then, and also a discussion about onboarding. Uh, we'll talk about um, some of the tools that are available uh, to help get you started inside Business Central mm-hmm. um, and uh, our thoughts in general on the onboarding process okay. uh, to, to, to getting going in, in, in Business Central. All right. So, and of course, like always, a shot. So some news uh, that we'll go through as well. Yep. So first, uh, I'd like to say thank you for uh, bringing in the beer today. No problem. Uh, what are we drinking? We are drinking something by Abita Brewing. I hope I'm saying that right. It is a pecan. I say pecan. Maybe some people say pecan. 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 Could be pecan, yeah. Uh, pecan ale. So a uh, little interesting. Hopefully it's better than the, the beer we had last month that I didn't like, I, that you kind of liked. I just poured it. Uh, it. It looks like a nutty brown ale. It does. It does. It's not. It's not really too dark, right? It's, it's got some it's, color to it. It's a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a light beer. Yeah. Um, but but it's not like certainly not like a stout, like a dark black. More like yeah, like a, like a brown ale, almost kind of like that porter yeah. uh, that we that we had last. You can see through it a little um, bit. But definitely malty, nutty kind of smell. Yes, right? I'm actually getting that. Do you think it's the pecans? It might be. It might be. <laughs> the only thing I, you know, when you get these flavored beers like this and you go to taste it, it's never what you think it is. So here we go. Yeah, nutty brown ale. Yeah, it's a very yeah, very. Taste is a little bit different, right? It is a very fall like beer. It is a seasonal beer. Looking at the Abita uh, website, um, it's by the way they're in Louisiana. Uh, a little bit surprised that they're they're running this up here in Chicago area, um, but um, it's good. It's it is a seasonal beer available in September and October, and yeah. and it's and I guess November. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it is November. So a little bit about the Abita Brewing Company. Uh, they're 30 miles north of New Orleans. And uh, in its first year, they the brewery produced 1,500 barrels of beer. And their beer was so popular that by 1994, they outgrew the original site, uh, which was, and they now have a 100-seat brew pub, which is pretty big, I, w- I would imagine. Uh, they brew more than 125,000 barrels of beer. And oh, third, they brew 13,500 barrels of soda as well in their state-of-the-art brewing facility. Hmm. Had I known that, I would have looked for a, a soda that they make. I, I would say like a cream soda might go well with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Definitely a very fall, fall-like beer. Yeah, not strong. 5.2% alcohol. Yeah, very drinkable. Yeah. Kind of right in, right in the middle of the road. And I think, um, you know, beer advocate... Uh, you know, it would, uh, it agrees with that, right? Because as you noticed, there's not a lot of hostility out 
on 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 beer advocate yeah. for this beer. It's it's uh, so I, I am sorry. <laughs> I think I may be disappointing some people if there's you know people who who like hearing like about these crazy. Uh, I love it. You know. Uh, feedbacks yeah. on beer advocate but but there aren't many it, this might it's, be the first beer that we've, we've yeah we've everyone's kind of like yeah it's pretty good yeah it's just yeah it's nutty nothing right now it's just it's just good yeah yep i did find one that this is interesting and as a as an italian american <laughs> uh, you you may appreciate this uh this is from uh mcdeem zero zero from georgia i cook with beer quite often i made spaghetti sauce with <laughs> this beer it gave it a distinct flavor and was very good. I bet it did. <laughs> so, can you see cooking? Uh, and you put alcohol in spaghetti sauce? Well, yeah, with occasional wine, like wine, red yeah, wine or something. Not, not beer, never beer. Yeah, beer right. reserved for like maybe chicken. Yeah, you know you what I mean. Yeah, not not beer. So yeah, the old beer can chicken. And you might get shot in my family for that. <laughs> right? I see you pouring a can of beer, or bottle of beer in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not too bad. Uh, I I don't get a pecan nuttiness though. I get a nuttiness flavor and, and, and smell, but I don't I don't get pecans. Do you? No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just general nuttiness. Maybe need um, a little bit more. I guess this this one was good. I guess the, this this about sums it up. Uh, this guy, whatever his name is here, I can't even say it. Uh, this is overall good. <laughs> That's it. Just good. Yeah. Not great. Not bad. Just good. Yep. That's funny. I just wish from drinking more and more beers and different kinds, uh, I tend to be disappointed. Like when something says pecan ale, you don't really get the, the flavor of what they say. Right. You know, maybe it's hard because you want to keep the beer flavor. But, uh, you know, I thought to myself when I picked it out, like pecans and beer might, might be pretty good. You know what I mean? So, I guess. But, you know, they're like that's just because we're, 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 we're not very good at this. Yeah. yeah. Probably, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm sure – there's someone out there like, you know, like, like some head brewers or whatever, yeah. they would take a sip of this and go, Oh yeah. Oh, pecans. Yeah. Really. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting pecans. Like, and we're like, eh, kind of nutty. But who's the, who's, who's the buyer? Right. Right. Most yeah. people like us. Correct. Yeah. So you want, you want stronger flavors, like a little flavor, like not overpowering. Yeah. You say a pecan, you want to taste the pecan in there. Exactly. A yeah. pumpkin spice. You want to taste that spice. Yes. Just a hint of it though. I don't want it to be overpowering where it doesn't taste like beer anymore. Right. You know, like kind of like uh, if you ever had that beer, not your dad's root beer. Yes. Tastes just like root beer. Yes. No beer taste at all. Correct. I like root beer. So yeah. There's not beer, that. Yeah. But... Not just a subtle hint of root beer. Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah. It just takes it over. So, yeah. All right. On to the next segment, which is uh, we'll be doing a shot of Business Central, everybody. All Let's right. Stick around. What's up, everybody? We're back for uh, the shot of Business Central. We've got some great news today. Really looking forward to hear what's going on. Uh, there's been the 19.0 update. <laughs> Can I say it again? What's 19.0? <laughs> yeah, 19.0 is 2021 wave two. 2021 wave two business central update. Live. Finally starting to roll out. Might not be live for everybody. Yeah. It's live for some people. Yeah. I don't know what the end date is. It's probably all through the month of November. Yeah. Yeah. I started rolling out earlier in November. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot, I think a lot of environments are now updated to version 19. Hopefully, you if you're uh, running BC online, you're getting the emails. You've signed up for notifications. 
so that you know when it's coming and then when it's been done successfully. Yep. Um, so a lot of them successful or relative term. Yep. And you can also schedule, right? So you do have the ability to go into your admin center and schedule uh, when you want the upgrade to take place, uh, when you want them to schedule it. So just just as a reminder, right, uh, especially these major releases, right, there's there's uh, the, the minor monthly updates typically go in really smooth. Yes. Uh, not not a lot of lot of, a lot of uh, reaction, but every once in a while there are some things with these major releases that come out twice a year uh, where there may be some uh, more greater impact. Have you seen more with this one than in? Than in uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, we past, past. yeah, we have seen um, more uh more tenants or environments uh that that have not been able to be successfully upgraded to 2021 wave two uh usually uh it's because of uh, uh some non incompatibility with uh an app or an extension uh that that you have uh put in there and and like so for example um and I believe this is due to some some changes under the hood that Microsoft has put in place uh, in terms of like the the development environment and how extensions are published. So, for example, uh, we have a uh, an extension here. Uh, it was a sales quote layout. So basically, a report okay. uh, change where this caused a, an, an environment to fail hmm. and. Uh, the message, if you if you get into the details of it, uh, what it tells you uh, is that the uh, a table temp blob has been removed and it's been replaced by a blob storage module, uh, tag 19.0, um, and then something about the this record not does not contain a definition for more text lines or does not contain a definition for read text lines. So I think what they've done is they've added some parameters yeah. uh, in there that that maybe will be beneficial for things down the road or right, right. give you more functionality. But but when the original extension was built in 18, it didn't exist. It doesn't like that it's blank. Yeah. So now you have to go in, revise your extension, publish it, and then reschedule your upgrade. So maybe this is going to be more common with Microsoft since you know they recently uh, introduced the ability to to to. Uh, well, what is it? A uh, fire up sandbox, load your extensions into a sandbox and whatnot, your apps, and test it before you actually go live with it. Correct. So maybe Microsoft is thinking this might be more prevalent in the future. You know, maybe 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 it's the way to go to actually test it in the sandbox. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they'll they'll continue to evolve the product and add variables and features and functions and things that that need values or whatever under the hood. Um, but to your point, yes. Uh, you can go in, you can create a copy of your production environment in the new upcoming preview environment uh, to, to see if you have any compatibility issues. Right. Um, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you, you, um, you know, if, you, if, if, if Microsoft attempts to upgrade your environment and it fails, you get a message that it failed. Uh, you can go resolve those issues if it takes you a few days or so whatever. Nothing shut down. No, and then you reschedule your upgrade for the next day, and it attempts to do it again. Yeah. Uh, and and if, if I think though, at mm -hmm. some point though, it'll force through the upgrade after. Yeah, we days we looked at that a couple something. months ago. Nah, it, it, I thought it was like six months. Is it some uh, At some point, it, it, there is a point in time, yes, where. 
Uh, if you do have, if you fail to address compatibility issues uh, that that uh, you don't resolve, it will eventually upgrade it and and uninstall the extension. Yeah, so you could, yeah, yeah. So, so it might run into a problem. But it, it's like it's like six months or a year, or, or it, you have a you have a long lead time. But if you, I guess, if you aren't getting these email notifications, you, would know. you don't even know that that Microsoft is trying to upgrade your environment. Yeah. So you do need to make sure that you're you're on uh, in the admin center. You've set up multiple people within your organization to get notifications about BC updates. Yeah. So speaking of 19.0 updates, uh, as with all other updates, sometimes things are a little bit different in in, in Business Central that they don't mention. You know, on the, you know in the release notes or whatnot. And one of the things that I notice right off the bat is on the user page. The get new users from Office 365 option is no longer available. So it used to be you had get new users from Office 365 as an option under the uh, action section on the, on the ribbon. And then you also had uh, update users from Office 365. So update users was pretty much if you made any, uh, you know, you changed something from like a global admin to, to a regular admin or whatnot, it would, it would factor in that. And then get new users actually brought new users added to Office 365 into Business Central. Now it's all under one update users from Office 365. So a little simpler, but you know, if you don't know it's there, you might pull your hair out for five, six minutes looking for it. I know that you had recently had an experience with something like that. I pulled some of my hair out. Yeah, I did. Um, I tried. And I was um, I was in Business Central. Uh, ironically, you know, it was the it was the day after the new release came out. Uh, obviously, we've sat down, we've read through the release notes published by Microsoft. Uh, I, I've reviewed stuff, I've gone into a preview, I've looked at new features and yeah. functions and gone through the list of specific changes that are out there. Um, and yet, there was stuff in there that wasn't I, there. I was surprised, yeah. So, and um, so public service announcement. Um, the the open in Excel and edit in Excel functions. Uh, it used to be, let's say you were sitting on a list page, up on the top on the ribbon, you had a page button. And under page, you can hit open in Excel or edit in Excel. Yeah. Um, they, they've changed that. That page button is no longer, or yeah, drop down menu is no longer on the ribbon. Yeah. Instead, uh, there is a new button up by the filter, it's immediately it's a, to the it's a share icon. to the left of the filter. It's called uh, share. Share this page with other users or apps is the message that pops up when you hover over it. Um, and and if you click on it, you get the option to open in Excel, edit in Excel, or share to Teams. It's funny. It's a pretty big difference. I mean, even though it's just open in Excel or whatever, but if it's not if they move it and it's not on the ribbon anywhere, you might have a hard time. I mean, who yeah. thinks to hover over icons, you know, to find to find it. So and 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 um, so I actually found this the harder way, which was uh, I got frustrated and then I just said, you know what, I'm gonna click on the magnifying glass, the search button, and I'm just gonna type in Excel and see what happens. And actually, if you do that, it opens open in Excel or edit in Excel. And if you click on it, it does it, it does that function. It takes your list page data and it and it launches Excel the so that same way. Page. Yes. Wow. 
even though you're going up to the search button and, yeah. and it's kind of like you're going somewhere else. Right. But it, it knows, no, okay, based on the current page I'm sitting on. So I'd like to know if that's new or if that's actually been there for for a little while and just nobody's ever tried it. That's a good question. Why? Yeah, because you have the page button yeah, right there. Yeah, you never had to, yeah. Right? So you would never think to do that. But uh, but yeah, and I'm kind of looking over there and, and it's kind of like they're doing all, you know, page simplification, right? It was a it was a button, you know, on, on the thing. And I, I would bet that moving it to this new little button over on the side makes it probably easier for them to universally adapt that yeah. than having a, a, a drop down button on the page, yeah. right? Less maintenance. Yeah. Um, Maybe however, it's it up too, who knows? You know, they're starting to get to be a lot of buttons over there. <laughs> you know, you've got your um, your bookmark where you can bookmark a page to add it to your menu. You've got the wide layout view uh, where you can expand a page. You've got your information fact box pane that you can uh, open up. You've got your view layout options button, filters. Uh, now the share button and then right above you is the unpin navigation bar menu. Right, so it's so it's you know starting to look like so, a little old school Excel ribbon up there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it, it's one of the good and bad things, I guess, of having a lot of features. Right, <laughs> got to have a place to put them. That's right. Right, <laughs> make sure people see them and, and know that they're there. So I think this is just one of those things. I'm not complaining. I think it's just, oh, no, it's just it's different. just yeah, that it's sure. different. Yeah. Um, now I will just as easily go to this new share button and hit that. Yeah, uh, it was just that the, it had been moved and nothing I had seen said it was going to get indicated that that so was going to use away. it you don't know right so not bad all right all right anything else you want to share about specifically with business uh, i do yeah so one one other thing here on no, on november 18th um thursday uh, there was a microsoft outage so people using business central online uh, may have experienced an outage um, it actually you know specifically was not an outage of Business Central. Right. Um, it was an outage with the authentication. Um, For Microsoft Cloud products. Right, right. So it's most likely everything. Yeah, so some some uh, uh, so some update that got applied to the authentication environment uh, had, had caused an issue uh, and, and it resulted in users not able to access Business Central. And uh, and uh, you pointed out to me how I could identify that as an issue. So how did tabs on it? Yeah. How did we go to uh, yeah, find so out? What you want to do is if uh, you're, learn about outages. Yeah. So if you're a, a, a global admin, you can go to your Microsoft 365 admin center. And then at the top, you can just simply search for like service health. And once you search for service health, you'll see the option to click service health uh, dashboard. Click it, and it shows you all the different outages for the for the different products and whatnot. And then it'll keep you updated as as, as time goes along. But uh, it's funny because I think the last issue that Microsoft had was also due to authentic uh, authentication, right, for outages. So hopefully it's it's nothing was nothing too bad, and you know everybody can just get on with their lives and not have to worry about any type of breach or whatnot. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty detailed. Uh, they followed up with multiple messages uh, every once in a while throughout the day. Uh, and then the like final status, we corrected the identified network configuration issue to restore traffic flow. Yeah. Okay. So done. definitely, yeah, definitely helpful. Sometimes it's hard to, I'm sure it doesn't, the updates. yeah. And I'm sure that does not um, 
help people. And, and actually, I'm wondering if you can actually see can it. Can you get to that health admin I center? Was I was able to. You were able to authenticate and log I, in and get to yeah, there? Okay. Yeah. But if it that would have been ironic. Right? Yeah, yeah. But if it affects everything globally, I mean, without a doubt now, where it's just some people, uh, yeah. no, you're not. Yeah. Then you got to go back to the old school phone. Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, hooked up. Good to luck. Good luck with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I, haven't, I don't know when the last time I called someone and they picked up the phone was. Even my wife doesn't take my calls. <laughs> the good news is Solution Systems answers the phone. Every time at the help desk. <laughs> That's right. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, one other thing I want to touch on is uh, is AppSource again. And uh, there's a, a product out there. That uh, we've experienced uh, a little bit of issues with nothing, nothing too crazy. But just want to let let people know that it, it's it's very uh, important, I guess is the word, for people to talk with their partner, make sure that the app that they're using connects to Business Central, and you know look at the reviews, look at the the ratings and whatnot. Uh, sometimes there may be some issues. We recently dealt with somebody who, after what was it, seven months, the the app said, "Well, our." connection for business central isn't working we have to suspend it right which is yeah there are yeah. major issues we don't know when we're going to have a resolution for this uh stay tuned yeah right so so what i did is i wrote down a couple ways that microsoft or people could fix this and you tell me what you think okay first each app has a provision where it can't it can't charge money until five partners or people have reviewed the app and verified it works Ooh. okay Next, each app must contain a demo video of their solution working within Business Central. I went on some different apps, and not a lot of them actually have demo videos of their product working in Business Central. So, uh, if you publish a faulty app to AppSource, your account is suspended, meaning nobody can download your apps and you can't upload another app for one month. Mm. Yeah, I'm not saying these are all great, yeah. just throwing them out there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when adding an app to AppSource, you are charged a security deposit. Once your app is discovered not to work after you publish it to AppSource, you get one week to fix it. After that, you do not get your security deposit back. Otherwise, security deposits will be refunded after one year. Okay. Interesting. Last but not least, Microsoft hires a bunch of guys with funny nicknames like Anthony Apps and Crazy BC Benny to pay a visit to your organization and have a talk with you. Okay. I, I thought I thought you were gonna I thought you were going for prison time. <laughs> yeah. Prison time. Yeah, exactly. No, I just threw it out there brainstorming, but you know, I um so I I do like the idea um of 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 the demo videos. I mean I think that's that's yeah that's that's obviously critical. Um although you know, I, I don't know. I mean, you, there there are certain products um, that maybe have integrations where you could, you, where they have like, actually have like a demo mode. So gotcha. you can set it to demo mode and then it, 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 it just yeah. um, does like a, a you know, fake or temporary type transaction yeah. or something uh, to get it to work. So you may be able to circumvent that. Yeah. Uh, I do like the idea of, uh, of 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 the, of the reviews until you get five reviews. Although I think that's the most important thing, right? Although um, you know, I it's like it's like anything. I I hate for uh, you know someone to be forcing anything right well, on someone. So what? But what I would tell people is if 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 there's an app out there and there's no reviews, do you do that? Tickets? May mean something. 
right? I mean, maybe it doesn't. Maybe maybe that's not a big deal. But to me, it's a red flag, right? Is this a brand new app? Has it been deployed? Is anyone using it? Um, it, it could be actually an app that's been around for a long time that just got published onto AppSource, but it's been used by 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 companies as a as an extension, for example, uh, for for years yeah. or something. Uh, so I think the moral is right. The business central community and and the customers and the users, it's important to rate the apps and leave reviews. Yeah, right. Even if you like it. If you really like it, I mean, I know how hard it is. If you like it, nobody wants to leave a review, you know, but it's yeah. it's important. You know what I mean? Might not be important for you now, but when you go go for your next app, it might be. Right. And and leave detailed feedback too, yeah. you know, like, hey, you know what? We installed it. It was really great. We kind of struggled a little bit with doing this, but once we got that going, yeah. uh, it, it worked really well. And then by the way, if you're, if you're also using this, be aware that it may right. not work yeah. with that well. Like, so I think the more details, that, sure. right? We that, talked to so-and-so, they're really good with their customer service. Yeah, yeah, the more the more feedback and more criteria you can, you can give uh, that's helpful for other people, the better. Absolutely agree. All right. We got up next. Oh man! Onboarding. Onboarding. Are we talking about onboarding? I can't wait. Oh, I love onboarding. <laughs> Back for the featured segment. We're talking about onboarding uh, tips and tricks, I guess. Onboarding features, a whole bunch of different things. So, uh, you know, Ken, I've been in the game long enough to remember when Business Central was called Project Medora, and. Uh, <laughs> Back then, one of the features that they they talked about was allowing partners. Yeah, I've been in the game that long. <laughs> and one of the features back then that, that Microsoft actually talked about that I thought was actually pretty cool was where partners could actually add something to the 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 welcome portion. It wasn't called a welcome banner back then, but the welcome portion on the role center. Yeah. Or they could add a message or whatnot. Well, it seems now that that might have come to fruition. We can actually uh, do a couple of those things. And, uh, you know, so the welcome banner now on, on the role center, it actually, you know, it does exactly that. It welcomes users to Business Central. And it's supposed to provide like a clear call to action and maybe have a checklist on it or whatnot so that, you know, users can start certain tasks and, and finish that the, uh, the partner thinks that they need to do or that the partner wants them to do. So on this welcome banner, you know, you're going to see a checklist that can be, you know, customized through AL, AL code, which I wasn't a fan of because I couldn't get in there really and, and yeah. test it out. Right. But so with the code, it points to the records in the guided experience item table. Uh, and, you know, so, for example, if you want to have a checklist, you know, item that reads, listen to the latest episode of a shot in Business Central. Mm. Right. Smart. With that. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. You got to actually go and create a learn record in the guided guided experience item table that will point you to a URL. From there, you can go into the checklist administration page and then set your guided experience types to 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 line it up and add it to the actual welcome banner. So forgive me, you know, if I'm a tad bit wrong with explaining the uh, the, the developer part of this. So so it sounds like what I'm hearing is that partners or our app developers can extend that standard messaging, um, yes, right? You and, and it. Notifications and banners and things yep. can be tailored uh, to to add your own 
tips and suggestions and, yes, and instructions. Right. So if, if you've got something that you want every every customer to know, you can create a generic extension for, you know, to add it to the welcome banner for every every new customer you see to have it. Or, you know, if you want to get more personal and take more time, you can do it for each individual customer. Yeah. Like a good example that I've, I've seen uh, is if you start with a brand new clean um, business central uh, company yeah. and you open up the customer uh, list page, you get a little notification up on the banner and it says, uh, we noticed you don't have any customers. Would you like to import them now? And you can click on a link and it will take you to uh, uh, right the a page where you can work on a template and import Customers. Yeah, so that, that's actually fair. that type of thing, right? Right, so stuff like that's really not like they have uh, teaching tips now. They have spotlight tours. They have tours. So when you're on the actual business central page, every now and then you might see in the bottom left hand corner a tip come up that says, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, it, it maybe tells you about how to add additional users or whatever it is, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, so it might be in the bottom left hand corner. There might be a teaching tip in the top that tells you. You know something else that teaches you whatever so th those are all new things now some of those can't be uh, uh customized i think the uh the tour right now currently can only be added by microsoft but they're considering giving people who do al code power to actually edit these yep. but you know so within these you can link to videos application features you know manual setups the assistant setups whatever it may be um so it's not it's not it's not too bad. I think that uh, to me, and I know I know you you disagree with me. These are more like the finishing, onboarding things, right? Because I think that these are the easiest things that you could actually do, and probably should be done last. But I'm not, you know, somebody who handles implementation or whatnot. You're actually saying it's probably some of the first things you should do, right? Um, well, I think that the uh, if you're doing it for an app. Or you're doing it as a, as a uh, as a partner, right? To to provide instructions to people, um, it, it possibly could be the finishing touches okay. at the end. If you are just beginning your implementation of Business Central, this is the beginning of the road. These are the first few steps you're taking. All right. It is it is far from the finishing touches, uh, right? Um, now, if you but but take example of an app, right? You've created an app. You can right as an app developer, you can um, set it up so that you when you install the app, you can populate certain tables with data, or have an assisted setup tool that they run through and it sets up stuff and configures stuff. Okay. And then as a last step, when they open uh, the customer page or some page, it gives them a tip. Right, on right. oh hey now that you've got this all set here's a little tip for you you can now click here and and do this yes gotcha right so that in that regard uh, yeah, but, that, 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 yeah that makes sense that, but in terms yeah. of general onboarding i think of onboarding um onboarding a new client onto business central new new company is implementing business central yeah um these things are all nice teaching tips mm -hmm. right you mentioned yeah. little box pops up yeah. and shows you something and you and you can see it to me those are though those should be implemented i guess after it's up and running and, and you know because you're for, for generally your you're using, yeah for the end users because you're, you're in there using it and then the teaching tip pops up yeah yeah now uh just in, you know and, and if you are using business central and you're getting teaching tips uh, and you don't like them 
you can go into my settings and you can turn off teaching tips. Really? Which is the first thing I did after about 30 minutes of using Business Central. <laughs> but you're also a guru of Business Central. Well, so. <laughs> I did. I have used it before. Yeah, exactly. Um, but my point, there is a, there is a, uh, a little toggle where you can turn off teaching tips. And I think and you, you then have to close and reopen uh, and it, uh, it, it, so, it makes that change. All right, so when you, when you hear the word onboarding, what do you kind of think of? Is it like a data migration thing or is it? Well, that's part of it, yeah, yeah. So, so when I think of onboarding someone, a, a new company onto Business Central, uh, I think about more like what's available on the Rapid Start Role Center page. So one of the profiles that you can pick that's out of the box is called Rapid Start. That is designed for implementation. Uh, and there's a few things that are on here that are very helpful. Up on the, up on the top, on the ribbon, uh, you have a worksheet. Uh, the worksheet kind of organizes your master data. Uh, it, so for example, master data, you have customers, items, vendors, chart of accounts. Then you have uh, some setup tables, general ledger setup, sales and receivable setup, inventory setup. Then you get into your, all your posting groups. Then you get into sales tax, maybe. Then you get into payment methods and payment terms, right? So there is this worksheet is a way that you can view and you can also edit it. You can delete things maybe you're not using. You can add things you are using. You can also assign a responsible user to complete it and track a status. So you could say, um, oh, here's, here's we need to set up our, uh, our, posting, our posting groups here. Um, and the status of this is in progress or completed or ignored or blocked um, and who's responsible for it. Um, you also have access to the list of all the tables in the database and the number of records in there. There are uh, packages, access to your configuration packages, import and export tools using Excel to migrate your data. And those are things like importing customers, importing vendors, items. Now, is this something generally that customers or end users, what are you gonna call, do by themselves? Or is this something they do in conjunction with their partner? Or does it just depend on the customer? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> The first thing I would tell you, unless unless the Rapid Start Role Center is the default role center for a new user, when you set them up in a new instance or new environment of Business Central, I don't know how in the hell a user would know that this Rapid Start Role Center exists. <laughs> teaching tip, try out the Role Center. Teaching, <laughs> try custom the, teaching yeah. tip. There you go. Try out the different uh, experiences. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, um, in terms of onboarding, you know, you're, you're starting, the, there are all of these great tools, right? These are things that are here that weren't here five years ago, 10 years ago, that, that every partner had to come up with a way to manage these. An Excel spreadsheet, a set of data ports that they had created that they could yeah. reuse. And by the way, Mr. Customer, you've got to have your customers in this exact format. And then we can import them using our data ports that we've developed. Now with configuration packages, you can go in and you can change, pick, pick which, which columns of which data fields you want to include, what order those are going to be in, export your template, copy and paste your data, and import it. Right? Nice. Uh, there's also templates, setup templates. So once you, once you get your customers, or if you're, let's say you're going to be manually setting up your vendors because you only have 
70 vendors and you're like, I'm just going to manually key them in and that way I can clean up the data. Okay. We can set up a vendor template that fills in most of these fields for you. So all you really need to fill in is their name, address, contact, email, phone number. Pretty big. And all the posting groups, payment terms, codes, payment methods, all that gets brought in, fills in automatically for you. Nice. Again, now a, a typical end user organization who just goes out to Business Central, gets their own license and thinks they're going to do all of this and know how to fill in all these fields. Not going to happen. Zero percent chance. Yeah. Sorry. Um, now, am I saying that you need to be heavily reliant on a, on a Microsoft partner to get this system up and running? No. Just need some guidance. By no means, but you need some guidance, yeah. right? Imagine, here's, here's the analogy, right? If I, if I put you in, in a room, I put a blindfold on you, and I spin you around a bunch of times. On your own, and I, and I, and I, and I give you one chance to get to the door, but you've got a blindfold on. What are the odds that you're gonna walk directly towards that door? Is it possible? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But but what are the odds are stacked against you. Gotta have luck on your side. Now, yeah. with a, a Business Central partner in your corner, right? Blending analogies. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right? That partner can, point you in the right direction, right? <laughs> so good. now you have a much better chance, a significantly better chance like that it. you're going to be able to walk straight and, and hit that door. It's a great analogy because right? there's a lot of people who think that they can do it themselves. Right. They don't need help from anybody. We yeah. got this. Now, some people will want their partner not just to push them in the right direction, but maybe hold their hand and walk them to the doorway. Yeah. Okay, that's a more of a uh, you know white glove service sure. like full service uh, implementation plan and 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 that actually I mean that's still probably something most companies need. Yeah. But we're seeing more and more companies out there now that with just some general guidance uh, and and consulting uh, from a company uh, a partner with all of these onboarding tools that exist. It's 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 significantly easier and faster to get Business Central deployed. Yeah, right. Still needs some help. Though, yes. Yeah. I hope you like my analogy. I love the analogy. I think so, that we will definitely clip it in this podcast and put that out as its own little, oh, little soundbite. Yeah. It's a great analogy because it yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. So you need you need you need a partner in your corner, kind of making sure uh, you're 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 marching in the right direction. Right. And 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 at different point, not the whole not the whole way even. Right. It could be at different points. Hey, hey, we we got to this point and we're struggling with this. Right? Can Not you can you help us? Are we are we on the right road here? Yeah. Are we are, are is are we are we thinking this through correctly, yeah. or do we need to rethink what we're trying to accomplish here right. and, and move in a different direction? What would you say the percentages of people who 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 come in and are like, we can set this all up 100% by ourselves. We don't need your help. What would you say the percentages that they feel? It's 100%. That think they can do yeah. that. It, it's higher than it should be. I, I don't know. I don't know what the number. It, not 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 the majority. The majority of people understand. I mean, this is a it's a mid market, robust ERP solution, right? Manufacturing, 
uh, MRP, oh, yeah, yeah. When you get into that, advanced know. warehouse managing with directed pick and put away capabilities, sure. right? Uh, full inventory management, financials, online they, they banking. They have an understanding. They know. There's there's yeah. there's a lot here. It's not. This is not QuickBooks, right? <laughs> I'll just say it. Very true. Or GP. You know, if if you're if you think you need to be running on QuickBooks, then stick with QuickBooks. Right. Um, this is significantly more powerful, more feature rich, and and it, and, it, and you can grow a, a much larger business uh, running Business gotcha. Central. Any other uh, tips for onboarding, or anything else you can think of that makes up that you like to discuss with onboarding? No, those those are the key things. I think you know. I think we we covered the the fact that there are there are. I guess the the key thing is you know be aware that there are these onboarding tools out there. There's also assisted setup. We missed that. Assisted setup is a page in Business Central. There's several features such as like Power BI integration where uh, they may not be enabled out of the box. So you go into the assisted setup page. Uh, you can go, oh yeah, I want to enable this feature. Uh, and you click on it and then you hit next, next, answer, answer a few questions, maybe fill in a few fields. And now it helps you enable that, that feature. So nice that, that's come a long way it's come a long way and it's certainly made implementers of, of whether you're an internal implementer at a company or working uh, with a partner that's helping a company tons of tools to help people be more successful and do it more efficiently and faster uh, but but still uh, I, I don't believe that Not you'll ever be able to software. do it without at least a little bit of guidance uh, from someone who has a really solid understanding of how this works. Makes complete sense. All right, welcome everybody to the Shot of Business Central, uh, I guess I don't want to call it the feature segment, but the special app segment. Uh, today we're joined by Ryan McBee from iSolutions. Uh, how's it going, Ryan? How you doing? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. We're at it's getting a little bit colder, so it's not not as much fun as it used to be. But yeah, <laughs> such is life. Such is life. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and maybe you know how iSolutions came to be and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm Ryan from iSolutions. I'm the owner. Um, me personally, I I live here in Indianapolis. It's where I grew up. Um, I actually grew up north of here a little bit, but uh, out of college, my first job was. Um, I got recruited to, to kind of be like a bookkeeper of this little company and they implemented, they were on business works and they're like, Hey, you know, we're, we're implementing this great new shiny product called great planes. Microsoft just bought them and it's going to, you know, just be awesome for our business. And there was a powerful tool called FRX. And so I started off as an end user of GP and, uh, you know, after a couple of years, I, uh, I got recruited into getting into consulting because people were looking for consultants and I work, you know, uh, a company up in Chicago called the Revere Group. And at first I was kind of like, what the, you know, what is this? Like going to implement this GP thing? Like that sounds boring. And, you know, I, I took the job. I'm not sure why I took the job, but then I quickly realized like, this is a lot of fun. Like you're, you know, all these clients are totally different. And then if you had a bad project, you would, you know, there'd be another one starting in six months and everyone had their own, you know, business requirements. I really learned a lot about business, you know, just how these people made their money and uh, what they were doing. And it, and it was, is very fascinating. So. Did you drink any beer on your off time? 
<laughs> I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my favorite beer is cold beer. Um, minus, yes. <laughs> minus, um, like Stroh's and like ice beer and like weird stuff like that or malt, malt and ice beer. Hams, hams yeah. or old style. Like you stay away from those types of things. Actually, actually I like old style. It's just like, it's okay. the, it's the ice beer, like Mickey's and stuff that, you know, yeah. you got to stay away from. I haven't heard that in a long time. Mickey's. Yeah. 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 I used to feel the same way, right? Any beer that was cold was, was pretty decent, but now that Ken and I have been drinking all these different beers, my, my opinion has changed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mike, Michael was a, you know, a, a true domestic Pilsner guy uh, yeah. converted to now a craft beer connoisseur. Yeah. yeah. To a point. <laughs> I, I can start the night off with a couple of those, but if you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Colts fan. So if I go down to a game, it's like, you know, it's a long day. You, you know, I can start off with one of those, get going. Then, yeah. then it's going to be a Bud Light day. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It depends what you're doing, right? If you're only one or two beers, craft beer is good. Although I, I, I'm a Miller Lite, you know, pre preference, but I get, I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you get into, uh, how'd, how did you uh, get involved and in, in launch or, or, or get going with iSolutions? Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, when I got into consulting, I was working in Chicago uh, where you guys are and it, it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I grew up in Indiana, then eventually I was kind of like, you know, either I'm going to have to move out to the suburbs like an hour away or, you know, Indianapolis is not that far away. Maybe. So I just kind of eventually moved back here kind of like when I got closer to 30. And then uh, I was working for a large kind of regional CPA firm that was that was doing a little bit of dynamics. And then um, when the banks collapsed, they let everyone go but me because I could like do the implementations. I was starting to learn how to sell. I could do the billing. And then, you know, I just totally got burnt out. And I just like threw my hands up after six months. And then I, I didn't really plan to, to start a business. I, I went to go work for a couple customers on contract, you know, for that first year. Then, then my name kind of got out there in the community and they're like, Oh, you know, could you, could you help us? The next thing I know, I was like, Hey, you know, if I, if I pick a, up a couple more customers, I don't have to go work for anyone ever again. And, then you know we we got got up to a decent size then you know hired some people and and then probably about three years ago we started doing gp upgrades and on the home page it would it started becoming an advertisement for business central you know we'd log in after the upgrade and be like hey you know business central business central i'm like hey i need to you know because for a long time it was kind of like gp is the best nav is for like you know weird food manufacturing companies and <laughs> the gp is awesome then when I first logged in to, into BC, I was like, this is, just looks weird. And then now when I log into Great Plans, I'm like, holy cow, this thing's a dinosaur. It's so old. Um, it's funny how that happens, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely converted over to BC. But we, we started the app for kind of like, hey, you know, BC is the future. If I try to try to live off Great Plans, like we're gonna, I'm going to get dusted. So. I was like, I don't want to be a BC partner or anything like that. I just maybe create a little app. And so the app started off really small about two and a half years ago. And then um, it started off just like doing some credit cards on sales orders, like a pre-op capture. And then the first few months we just got, you know, I got um, dusted on demos where people were like, hey, where's this, where's that? And, you know, then we just really poured the coals to it with the development. 
and you know in the last last year it's just like blown up and you know we met a lot of a lot of cool partners like you guys and people along the way and probably probably like the big the big differentiator with our app is we we add a lot with collections like we added auto email you post an invoice it automatically emails um we had collection reminders um we have our own way of doing deposits on sales orders um like you know you can even do cash cash deposits or check deposits so we really took it like really further than just credit cards so it's it's been fun see michael so i at the beginning i i did a teaser uh for everyone and i said we're going to talk to ryan from my solutions it's called credit credit card management plus <laughs> yes I like i'm not going to tell you what the plus is you're gonna have to wait and see but it's it's all these credit and collections and automation uh things that go into it and the deposits on sales orders right that's yeah that, that in itself is a huge uh, feature right and that's just one piece of it yep do you see the app going further with more and more enhancements and more things being added to it or yeah um yeah i do i think kind of like the next thing i think we're gonna do is some we get we get some customers be like they want reoccurring invoices and you know there's that kind of like reoccurring line thing in bc it's kind of like half baked and I think people want like a recurring invoice that runs once a month and also to run the credit card or the ACH because there, there's one group out there they have they have one half of but they don't have the payment piece and like think about it like does Netflix send you a bill and then you pay it no like for your gym it's <laughs> it's they they typically run your credit card and then you run your receipt you know um yep. so I think the recurring invoice thing um I, the challenge will be the deferred revenue so it'd be probably pretty easy to just keep running invoices with job queues, but to make all the deferred deferred revenue entries, that's going to be a little bit of work. So probably next year. Well, there are deferral codes, which may be helpful in that regard. If you can embed the deferral codes in there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If we could leverage some out of the box stuff, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> make life a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. So how does it work? I'm sure, you know, people have, uh, you know, a lot of different thoughts on, on credit card processing and, and maybe they love their processor or they think they've got the greatest uh, negotiated rates in the world with their current processor. Can you talk a little bit about how that works um, with, with iSolutions? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so there's, um, in terms of all that, like um, if someone's really in love with their credit card processor, then they could you know, look at just building something custom, but you know, if someone's getting some great deal, we'll just simply just match it. But I don't think we've really ran across an opportunity where someone's getting this great deal like they think they are. Um, usually they think they are, but then they're really not. Um, you That's know, right. usually just the simple thing what I do is I always take their total fees divided by their total net sales and that, that gives me their effective rate. And it should be at least, you know, under 3%. And a lot of times it's always like, you know, well over three. And then kind of like our other solutions in the market, we have what we call level two, level three processing, where we pass all this additional data over. And then it results in lower fees from the from the card brands. And and to be honest, the lion's share, all the money goes to Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and there's a small little markup that the processor makes, then they give us a little kicker on it. So yeah, and I think that 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 seems to be the common theme, and I I can see that from a uh, from a development standpoint, where 
um, right to to try to create a credit card app and and there have been there's some uh, in the past that did this for for Dynamics NAV right to try to to fit your solution with 50 different processors or however many processors yeah. are on say we can work with anyone it, it's it's that's tough um, right yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an impossible model and kind of my thinking too, just to be honest, I'm like, why am I going to do all this work if if Chase Payments is going to make the money and I'm doing all the all the labor, like it's just not worth our time. You know, if, if you love Chase or Wells Fargo, then do everything manually outside the system and have it, you know, best of luck. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. So if people are interested in learning more about what... Uh, what you do where can they find you at on the internet are you active on social media and things like that yeah yeah we're on linkedin um we uh we have a youtube channel um if you go to our website isolutionspayments.com or isolutionsgroup.com we're on there then there's uh you know learn section we're in the microsoft app store um if you just type in credit card on the app store we'll show up on there and you should you know read about us and right on the top of the list nice is it I typed credit card and it was the first one on the list. Yeah. Nice. Got got our SEO kicking in there. Figured out the algorithm. Teach me. <laughs> yeah. Free trial. 5.0, 5 out of 5 rating. Nice. Yep. Very nice. One of the very few has a rating then, I guess, right? Not too many apps have ratings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess uh, one more question, I guess, before, before we move on, I guess. Uh, so we know the apps available on app stores, but is this... Uh, is your product only offered for BC online uh, or is it BC on-prem as well? Is there any versions for NAV? Yeah, yeah, good question. So we we started our app on, on the ground up with BC15, which, you know, the, the pro to that was we had a clean slate. The code is all fresh, where some of our competitors had, like, stuff cob code cobbled from the NAB. The only downside is, you know, someone's like, hey, I'm running NAV 2012 or something. We We just can't do it. Um, in terms of BC on premise, we can. Um, it seems like some of those BC on premise environments, get, you know, it's kind of complicated sometimes. Um, honestly, it's just a big pain in the ass, and I prefer just doing the SaaS stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll love it. Yeah, love and how, how about so uh, so a couple more, uh, a couple more uh, at you here. How, <laughs> how about um, if? Uh, uh, if uh, if a customer was out there and they're they're running BC online, uh, generally are are they going to be able to download the free trial, get everything set up, and and get this app deployed? Or most cases, do you see uh, a business central user is engaging with their partner to kind of help coordinate the de deployment of it? Yeah, yeah, good question. So when we started, you know, we. You know, I first created the app. I, I remember calling like maybe you guys or people and like, hey, you know, I got this app. You know, work with me. Then you guys get hit up like there's hundreds of apps and ISVs. And I was like, you know what? It's just gonna take time to build those relationships. And kind of what happened was, you know, people would find us directly, and then maybe someone then I'd be like, hey, you know, Ken, Michael, one of your clients found us. Then you, you know, then from there you'd be more inclined to talk to me. Um, and that's always how we prefer to do things with partners because. Um, you know they've got access to the environment and you know then we, we want them to learn our app and stuff like that we actually have a lot of partners right now that are implementing our uh, app internally so if there's a partner you know it's free free use for internal usage yeah yeah okay 
And I don't know about if you have uh, if pricing is something that you are, are able to share here, or if that's something that maybe it gets a little more complicated and it's best to reach out to your partner or contact you guys directly. Yeah, it's simply about 150 a month for the software. And then we charge a one-time setup fee of 1500 bucks to for training and, and set up and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes we do have companies that have, uh, it does get a little more complicated and where it gets complicated is like if someone has like a point of sale in different locations or different VC companies and, you know, then we have to kind of, you know, be more a little more of a custom quote. Yeah. You know what I love about it, right? When we talk to most ISVs, it's, you know, obviously the pricing is specific to the customer, this and that. Yours, you gave the price straight, simple. I, I love that, right? That's what I, that's the whole premise of me of adding apps and extensions to, to some sort of software. Yeah. You know what it is, you're getting what you pay for and, and, and that's it. Oh, you mean like other, other people like charge based on users? Well, yeah, when you, like they're not going to say it's 150 a month or, you know, and the setup fee is, is whatever they say. Well, it depends on the customer and, you know, talk to the partner and we'll, we'll you know, we'll talk yeah. to them, we'll work it out. It could be how many transactions you process a month, yeah, whatever, how many yeah. users you have, what version you're running. I mean, there's like there and that's that's part of, uh, you know, our on this podcast, one of our recurring uh, gripe themes that we that we touch on is is the uh, the kind of the wild west nature of part of app source. <laughs> it, yeah, it is wild west. I love it. You know, it's yeah. like I, there's like like about twenty different licensing models uh, out there, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, and I, I don't know what you guys find with your customers, but customers can kind of do their own research and find me, which has been good because then you know I've I've had some big big bars where I try to get in the door, then. Their customers found me then i went back and they're like oh yeah yeah you know we'll work with you now that's great yeah all right well any more questions from you or can we jump into the speed round section yeah speed round it is yeah all oh right. yeah, yeah let's do it with the speed round so these are mostly yes or no answers uh if you want to go into a little bit of detail feel free but we try to keep it quick and simple all right number one it's currently a cloud first software kind of a world Will on-premise software ever rebound and be the more dominant software choice? Say no way. Good answer. You prefer cats or dogs? Dogs. Uh, is the Business Central app currently installed on your phone? The BC app is, but I don't know if I can get to my app through that app, though, if that's what you mean. <laughs> nice. Honest. We can edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it looks cool once on there. I'm like, hey, I got BC here, but I don't think it really connects to like the environment I'm playing with every day. It's like something else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you ever had a nightmare pertaining to software? No, but I might soon, you know, with all these automatic updates and things go that, that Microsoft's doing right now. You know, we get like, you know, I think there's some outages today. Then, um, you know, we get emails like there might be an update, you know, someone walks in tomorrow and then, who knows? It's not working. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. All right. And last but definitely not least, in the future, do you envision that credit card processing will be more streamlined than it is today? If so, how? I don't know about more streamlined. I think with our app, it makes it pretty streamlined. But I think changes, you know, in the future, one might, I think really where the market's going is something called cash discounting where uh, people are like, hey, you know what? I'm tired of taking credit card fees. I'm gonna, and our app actually does this. You can say, hey, I'm gonna charge you 3% if you pay me with credit card, but if, if you do an ACH, there's no fee. 
that's really where the market's going. And you can see like little retailers around town doing that now, cash discounting, surcharging. And then also I kind of have my my finger, my pulse on cryptocurrency. My wife was actually talking today. It's like, Ryan, you need to, need to, you know, stay on, you know, be on top of that and see what people are doing. Um, Did you have maybe in five years or something? Who knows? Maybe sooner. Did you see that crypto.com? I think it is bought the uh, naming rights for the Staples Center in Los Angeles, the iconic Staples Center. See it? No. Now crypto.com. Which I was like, wow, they're making a push fast. Is is there a, is there a crypto.com bowl <laughs> yeah. uh, football game? <laughs> Probably, so, maybe, right? Maybe at the Indianapolis Dome there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, definitely something to stay on. Well, that's good. We need a we need a crypto a crypto source. Yeah. So uh, that'll be good if you're staying on that ball. <laughs> yeah, I just need to figure out how it works. Like it, I, it's still like a mystery. It seems like this like too good to be true type thing, and people are like. Oh, invested in it, and you know the people I see on Facebook talking about it. I'm like, I don't. You're not like a trustworthy person, like I think. You gotta wait till it gets regulated, right? Yeah, it's gotta get regulated for it. I, I, I'm still it's waiting for someone to explain, uh, to be able to explain clearly uh, what how how you mine for crypto, how you right. how you mine yeah. for Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Just, just if you can explain that to me clearly. Oh, well, you just do transactions, and <laughs> you're just and you earn Bitcoins. Wait, what are you doing? It's the metaverse, Ken. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good times. <laughs> just trust them. It's just there. Just yeah, trust them. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's just currency. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, I have no more questions. Ken, anything? Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you again. It's great learning about yeah. uh, your solution and talking credit cards. I know it's, again, yeah, it, it, the, the, the automated payment system and and right and, and use of credit cards I, I i don't know the number of right percentage of transactions that could paid through credit cards has had to skyrocket over the last five years right well, i mean yeah pandemic yeah right? so everything's bought online yeah. So, crazy. Yeah. all right cool. well, thanks for having me yeah thanks ryan bye as we end today's podcast we want to give a big thank you to everyone who listens shares this podcast and leaves us reviews You've taken a good amount of your time out of your day, and we truly appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, don't be afraid to email us at marketing at solsyst.com with your tips for the podcast, or maybe you'd even like to be a guest during an episode.